Wow. <laughs> Freaking laughter. Was that funny? What the hell, dude? I'm like, who laughed? Damn. Hey, welcome everybody to Ashes Pathfinders episode 70. We're calling this one changing the genre. Why? Because that's the uh, mission statement for Ashes of Creation, right? Uh, we're going to be kind of going back in time a little bit today. Uh, but let me go in and introduce my guests. We've got Faisal right up here on the top left of the screen as you see it. What, what? Welcome, Mackie. Welcome back. Hello. And Pacha, welcome back again. Thank you for having me. And Wondering Mist, welcome back as well. Hello. So in a normal fashion, anybody that's kind of their first time on the show, uh, it's kind of been the routine here to essentially let them kind of introduce themselves, uh, their origin story for Ashes of Creation, if you will, like what got them into uh, the game, being interested in it, what keeps them around. And, uh, you know, kind of like their origin story. So Faisal, no pressure, but that's you, homie. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and kind of how you found your way to Ashes of Creation? Okay. Um, my name is Faisal. I'm, I'm a dude from Saudi Arabia. Um, how I went into Ashes is basically my friend recommended Ashes of Creation uh, to me through Kickstarter. And it was telling me this really cool idea and this really amazing project. I, I I like MMOs in general. I've I've played Elder Scrolls Online, Black Desert Online, and all uh, other MMOs, but they didn't seem to click with me because there's always something that okay, I enjoy it at the beginning, then it starts to die down for me. So well, when I went into Ashes, it sounded like a very fresh idea, and I was there from the very beginning of Ashes, even before Kickstarter uh, mm -hmm. started. So. I invested in Ashes of Creation. I looked at the community and what it's going to be in the future. <laughs> and I've, I've put my time and uh, invested in this project that hopefully defines the genre or changes the, the genre to something that we all want. And, that, and that's all about me, really. Um, what I'm currently doing I am considered to be a traveling merchant. What I'm trying to basically do is uh, basically be a merchant through and trade with all the guilds in the community. So I've connected to most of the European guilds. I say most because sometimes one pops out every time, <laughs> every every now and then, I ha and I have to connect with them. Um, North American, I have some few contacts over there. Uh, Russian servers, not yet. <laughs> my my Russian language is a bit weak, so I wouldn't <laughs> really connect <laughs> with them. Um, but yeah, that's that's really my story. Right on. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I always <sighs> find it crazy how many guilds there are of in the Ashes Discord for again that's not there's even like 20 Europeans that's not even an alpha <laughs> I know right like what I, I understand some of them are playing other games like they're playing Arcade Unchained or they're playing yeah um, something else but yeah it's just it seems so weird to me like how can you have a guild when there's no game makes no sense yeah unless you're like a group of friends that have been together for like 10 years or like a big massive guild that's been in like all at all the mmos for like 10 years 
Oh yeah, like, I mean uh, if they came example, from another game, like, yeah, the, Lords yeah. of Sokon and Swator that have Knights of Sokon Republic side and that have Divine Conclave and ESO and they're just like everywhere. <laughs> it's like these guys are everywhere and they've been everywhere for a long time. So like if they want to create a guild in Ashes, like go for it. You have the mm -hmm. resources and the patience. <clears throat> oh yeah. So it's not really on our points to discuss, but you know, I guess my question to you all is what is what does changing the genre mean to you? No pressure, but you can all just jump in whenever. <laughs> yeah. Where do I start? <laughs> uh, I threw him a curveball. Yeah, well, like, I'll start. I think what I me... meant by changing the genre, because all the latest MMORPG has to have micro heavy microtransactions, uh, pay to win aspects, mm -hmm. all of these things that just like, okay, like, I get that they want to make it easy for the players, but not that easy. <laughs> like, you have to appreciate the core community who are working hard to get to what they are and and just giving a dude, oh yeah, you could just buy all this for this amount of money. I'm like, no, no, this is just unfair. It's just unfair. And it's and one of the like the things that I really hate the most is when they when they don't balance it correctly. It's not even giving them an equal fight. It's it's good like the pay the pay to win people would have like exclusive ass gear that, that you won't be able to get in game, mm -hmm. which is like ripping the game apart. And like, and one of the other things that really bugged me the most is currency. Oh. Hyperinflation in MMORPGs is insane. It's hard to control, I get, but if the if Ashes of Creation can change that, it would be insane. I mean, oh, hyperinflation man. is going to happen regardless. Uh, you, you can't change that, really. You can limit it, yeah, and you true. can do things to, to help it, but you're not going to get rid of it entirely. That's just mm -hmm. the nature yeah. of the beast. But, like, I've seen, I've seen really bad cases. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, hopefully, hopefully, at least it's stable. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's, it won't be there. It's probably will be there. No, right. yeah, like markets are going to fluctuate, but with like I think we talked about it last week or last time we one of the last times we met, mm -hmm. uh, they did hire like an economist at their studios to help work on the game to help work on the stock market, like quote unquote stock market feature they wanted to add. So like if someone can oh, help, yeah. can help put like a, some kind of stability in their market, like I know markets are going to fluctuate up and down, but like hyperinflation, like one piece of leather going for mm. a million gold and then turns out everything is worth a million gold minimum. Mm. Like, come on, we can yeah. change that. And an economist could help doing that. Mm -hmm. they, and one so, of the uh, things that I really, really like about Ashes of Creation is the amount of resources that everybody has is very scarce. Like, they've said that even, even like, Iron ore, which is supposed to be located, let's say, in this area. If you extract those, it will change over time. And yeah. iron ore will not be there anymore. So that will give a lot of heavy incentive. Instead of uh, making one party just like heavily influence that area, or one guild just controls that area. And just, like, 
it's 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 a really nice concept what they're trying to do mm-hmm. yeah i think that's yeah. one of the ways that's going to help with that too but yeah pacha i think you're gonna say something uh no well, i mean for me changing the genre mm-hmm. it's uh more about reviving it mmos are dying to me mm-hmm. they're they're just dying and they're moving towards like the rest of the population is split between basically like three or four mmos i'm not going to count i'm yeah. not going to talk about bdo because i don't know that market but final fantasy 14 guild wars 2 and elder scrolls online and i mean wow is there wow is huge it's still huge and it's there but like in the newer mmos it's mm-hmm. those three and i feel like it's all dying down because of multiple reasons one pl- like pay to win in AAA studio MMOs coming from from coming from Asia mostly, there's a lot of pay to win coming from that. And on the other side, from non AAA studios, we got these crowd crowdfunded MMOs that don't have a publisher's deadlines, so they're just basically doing whatever they want, or not intentionally necessarily, but like they end up dying because there's nobody pulling on their cord, being like, hey. We got shareholders to give money to. Like, we need to deliver that product. And then the game that is supposed to be, that Mm -hmm. starts with an S and finishes with Citizen never comes out. (laughs) 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 So It will. Maybe. Someday. When I'm going to release it now. And then it's going to look old. It's going to look old (laughs) and it's going to be outdated by the time it comes out. You need you need publishers to like kind of like put a fire under your ass to get you to get you moving, and I'm hoping that by changing the genre, they kind of bring back the golden age of MMOs, where like MMOs are there. There are plenty of MMOs out there for everyone, and there's plenty mm-hmm. of content for everyone. If I get tired of Ashes of Creation, I can go to another MMO and then come back to Ashes of Creation. I'm not into Final Fantasy. I did Guild Wars 2. Now I got ESO and I'm getting burnt out of ESO. Like after that, I'm basically going quarantine stir crazy and I don't know what to do. And I play Warzone and I throw salt everywhere in my apartment. About changing the, the genre, just about revitalizing it. Right. Taking it back to its core basics. Um, and just like getting away with the the heavy pay to win and right putting back the uh the the what do you call it the the rpg element of the mmo you know because <laughs> as it is right now it's just you go in and there's some games are immersive yes in the story but at some point it stops and say like, hey pay 20 dollars to continue or whatever <laughs> like well damn okay so yeah, I agree with everybody and Pacha mainly about uh, revitalizing it, taking it back to where kind of it veered itself away from its truth. Where did it veer off is what I'm wondering. Is that there was obviously the golden age of the MMOs, which was sort of it, five, it, six years ago now. Mm-hmm. And then everything kind of just died back and it's... MMO has sort of become a very niche yeah. genre comparatively. And I'm I'm just thinking, well, what what would actually 
bring it back to the foreground again. What and I at the moment I'd have to think about it more. I don't have an answer. Right. There's no answer for that. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I think that the the at the point where it started to veer off was when a lot of the other companies realized how successful the World of Warcraft was. Now, this is just my opinion, but around what Wrath is when you started to see this like rise. It was like, oh my God. So they have what 13 million people playing and subscribing. And it's like, look at how much money they're bringing in. And then you saw all these MMOs. Lots of lots of them were from AAA studios or you know, just, you know, sources that had a ton of revenue with big corporate kind of funds in the background, right? Which kind of ties in what Pacha said earlier, which I totally agree with. You know, when you've got like a board going, you know, here's our, here's how much we're trying to min-max our profits. And that's like your focal point, uh, you know, and back then what happened? Like, it was like, okay, well, we want the next wild killer. We're all going to rise up and we're going to take the place. We want that money. And right. And then it was how many ways can we find, how many ways can we, min max are earnings so then you start to see a lot more of this micro transaction like crate systems started popping up a lot more not that they weren't there before not that that you know that there weren't these systems in place before but i think you started to see a lot more of uh because of this rise to like compete and to to also carve their own space out you know it was it's kind of like when you saw the br genre right like how that kind of sprouted up and how it grew and how everybody wanted a piece of the pie and I think around that time with the MMOs, like from my perspective around the the Wrath of the Lich King and World of Warcraft, um, that's when I feel like maybe it did. But maybe maybe you all have a different perspective on that. It, I don't know. As gamers, as as uh, MMO gamers, we kind of have to take responsibility as well. Because uh, when WoW, you got to remember, when WoW became WoW, mm -hmm. it was a totally different generation. Social media yeah. wasn't, wasn't uh, as prevalent. And technology was barely starting to, you know, become more readily available to everyone. Uh, and then those gamers who became fathers, mothers, started teaching their children, uh, you know, hey, look at this MMO, let's play it together. And then eventually those kids had more technology. And like, this is boring. This is too slow. How can we speed it up? And then started complaining. And then obviously the studios are like, well, let's listen to this these people over here they're willing to throw money at us yeah so we as gamers we got to take responsibility in, in some shape or form sure. for our own for where the genre is now um but i think i have the luxury of never having to play played wow well. uh my first mmo was actually on a console which was dc universe online oh wow so uh yeah that was like i played it for a little bit yeah yeah Damn. i played for a couple months <laughs> yeah i was like a little <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I can't give that perspective of of uh, a flashback wow <laughs> mentality because I was already in that that uh, that space of oh well I can pay to convenience myself you know to mm -hmm. get ahead yeah. so I would pay packs and I thought that was normal but then uh, I guess the older generation would tell me about the the golden days of mmos <laughs> and so i went back and played some of those older games as an adult and i'm like you know what i could see the appeal but i'm bored <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know mm -hmm. it's it's kind of you you want you want to go back to those golden days but at the same time if you do you're gonna 
uh, slash your revenue significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's very true. Like, honestly, the more we say golden days of MMO, the more like I feel like we're just a bunch of boomers. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that term. I miss the good old days. But like, <laughs> the, like the market is just going to keep on changing and the audience is just getting younger and they're just going to keep on getting older on their side and they're going to like want something that, as Mackie said, they want more action. They don't want to get bored. So like battle royales are a big thing because you don't have to grind for two damn months to get higher in the reputation of a northern faction in wow to get a blue like saber tooth tiger so in a br you just get thrown into the mix and everyone fights and then that's over and then you buy a battle pass because you want a guy with a pumpkin head that fights her that fights her friend <laughs> So like you get thrown in the action, you get blasted with these awesome colors and all that action, and it's super fun. And but it's just not. I like. I think for all of us here, it's just not my like. It's not our style. We want an MMO. We grew up with MMOs. We love MMOs. I love ba- some battle royales. I can't get close to Fortnite. I can't even look at that game. But I love Warzone, even if even if it frustrates me. But even after like three hours of playing Warzone, I'm like. God, I wish I had a good MMO to play right now. Like, I'm, 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 I'm okay with BRs. I don't like Fortnite because it promised like an original game rather oh, than the BR and they switched the it. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought that was a really nice, cool-ass concept. Yeah. They just threw it out of the bag. <laughs> um, I mean, the BR... I hate the building PvP, aspect in Fortnite. but PvP yeah. arenas... Kill, uh, was it free for all? Last man standing. That's mm-hmm. just a rebranding of those arenas mm-hmm. to a bigger yeah. audience. So, to me, when those started to become popular, I was really like, I'm already doing this in this game. <laughs> I'm already doing that in that game. What's the Not big new? Yeah, you know. Except other than what Pacha said about buying a pack with pumpkin head, because that would draw <laughs> me in. I'd be like, oh, new cosmetic. I'll go get that. Hell yeah. I knew it. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's how it's I all play about the cosmetics. That's how I play MMOs as well. Like if the cash shop is like bustling with uh, awesome yeah. cosmetics, I'm I'm gonna play the game and I'm gonna spend money in the cash shop. That's just how I play. No, that's true. And like I think that might be one of the reasons why some MMOs are a lot more popular than others for with like uh, larger demographics, like they have more younger people, but also more older people is because I feel like one of the reasons are the cash shop incentives. Some people get really cool stuff and old, and some of those older MMOs are still using like, excuse the term, but like boomer tactics to monetize <laughs> their games. And like, which triggering Sims super... so much right now. A little. <laughs> I get I'm not going to lie. I hate that term so much. Like, I get super <laughs> interested in like some kinds of rewards or like some mounts in ESO and stuff like that. But then I look at Guild Wars and they sell like a hipster, a hipster like a scarf and hipster glasses. And I see everyone wearing those a day after it comes out. Yep. They made so much money when those with those hipster glasses than ESO did with that cool looking badass looking mount. 
just because they have a lot more younger people and those are and these people are more attracted to this. That happened to Tara a lot as well. <laughs> Poor boomer. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Can we just not say it out loud? Can we not reach out? <laughs> I will not say those words since I'm 21. <laughs> if I say those words to, to Sim, <laughs> probably eat me. I'm regretting this show by the minute. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pathfinder is canceled. <laughs> you know. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mackie. That means a lot to me. <laughs> but we'll, never mind. Can't do it. Is it okay now? Yeah, we're we're good. You can you can come out from hiding. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. I, I promise it's gonna be okay. We're in a safe space here. We're good. We're good. I'll I'll keep my, you know, never mind. So here's what I'm gonna I wanted to kind of touch on. You know what I think? I'm I don't know, and I wanna I wanna see you all may not agree with this, okay? Mm-hmm. Some people that have been around know that I can't stand stun locking. I can't stand it. I'm going to be really honest. I think it's lazy ass game design because, and this is probably going to go ahead and call me a boomer or whatever, but like back in the day, like the, the, the way to actually beat somebody, right. Wasn't like, can I press one button enough to make sure that this is my, I mean, literally when one button mechanics or what can literally cause somebody to win, my theory crafter mind is blown because it's boring as hell to me. And, you know, over time, I think this kind of goes into, we, we, we don't want it. We want to work more on what we can make money off of and less on the delivery of the game and, and making it, you know, like really unique in some way, shape or form. And I go back to world of Warcraft and I can go, Hey, so remember back in the day in world of Warcraft, you could be in different, you know, different specs or whatever. And you still had access to like these, Oh, I don't know if I want to call them uh, your core abilities or or if I want to say it would be like the abilities that maybe just kind of defined your class or whatever. Um, I could have a whole conversation about that. But my my point is, is you start to see it not just MMORPGs, but like just games in general where the main thing that will is the easiest way to win is almost like a one or two button kind of like spamming of some kind of a stun that either also does a ton of damage or along with something that does a ton of damage and yeah. doesn't usually even require a whole lot in terms of resources. You can just spam, 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 and you nuke it down. That paired with even being able to go line of sight like 20 freaking ads and a group just nuke it down with no consequence to having to be cautious about, you know, some mechanic that one particular, uh, and, you know, like, bad guy in the game can do like it could net you down or it could silence you or whatever like and you bypass all of that because you can just do it this way and you know i think that there this the idea of the scale of like casual to hardcore like i can respect both perspectives i can respect somebody who wants to just get on and pick flowers and farm and like make a ton of money hey that's totally cool my brother makes he made like three point something million in ESO in like the past few days or something. I was like, excuse me or whatever. But he's like really, really good. at like He is really good at that. Like he he can just make a crazy amount of money right in any game. It doesn't matter what it is and and totally respect it. Like in in his in that that space that he loves to operate out of, he can excel. Right. But yeah. I don't think that if you're like super casual 
right? That you should be able to excel in something that's not considered casual just with a couple buttons. And I feel like over time, developers have gotten really good at just going, you know what? We're going to make stun lock a thing. That's how you win. And you don't really have to do much else. You can just run around doing almost anything in the game by stunning and locking it down and line aside again, lock it down. You don't have to think about consequences mm-hmm. as much. So for me, that that is what changing the genre is going to mean. And maybe that's going back to what you said, revitalizing it, going back to the roots. Because back in the day, it was way more about your cooldowns, resource management, and all and like whether or not you seed seed something. DPS this one ad down, then you had to get the other one. We're talking PVE. Even in PvP, it was like that. Mm-hmm. Having to focus and the this, healer and having to like get the guy that's gonna, you know, silence you yeah. or whatever. Unless we're know. talking about rogues and WoW, where they're like they oh. could stun lock you, stun lock you for legit 12 years. Like I would get old <laughs> by the time I'm not yeah. stunned anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, well, vanilla, if we're not talking about them, yeah. And oh, yeah. yeah, no, in I a, totally in a agree. single stun lock. Mm-hmm. The only problem I I, I have with that is that if they're if they're not going to stun lock route there are still so many risks in terms of pvp and the like the thing that bothers me even more than stun locking or as much as stun locking is proc sets where oh <laughs> oh man oh yeah. Oh, so are we like, doing Wimp Fury event? Okay. So like we're just playing a game, we're just doing PvP, and then this guy just comes out of nowhere and does like 12 animation canceling attacks on me and procs something and hits me for 1.5 million damage, even though I have like 10,000 HP. And I just oh, die. God. And I'm just like, dude, at least when I'm stun locked, I can look at the game. Now I can't even play. Like I can't even. <laughs> keep the game launched and you crash me <laughs> that's my that's yeah. the other issue i can have it's interesting balancing then because then yeah sim was talking about stunts cc's and you're talking about gear that's all balancing yeah. so that's yeah. that's where they got lazy it's both yep both sides. yeah absolutely exactly. absolutely and you need cc because if the game doesn't have CC, then it'd be physically impossible yeah. for a melee mm-hmm. character to go up against a ranged character. Yeah. They would just get cut right. all the time. So yeah. you need some kind of CC, but it needs Absolutely. to be, like you say, balanced. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd have uh, god-like healers all the time. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. you can't stun me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Like, Absorb it all. Warhammer Online, they were invincible. Yeah. You couldn't kill them in Warhammer. Like, it was impossible to kill them. You would look at a healer and you're just like, I'm going to leave you alone because, like, you're not going to kill me, but I'm never going to be able to, like, take away 10% of your HP. Yeah. Like, it's all about balancing. And if they're, if, and I think they did say for Ashes of Creation, it's not going to be balanced on a class per class basis. Right. Like if you're a ranger and I'm you're fighting a, a fighter, you might completely you might completely destroy their face. Sure, but if you're fighting against a group of eight and you're in your own group of eight, no matter the arrangement of classes there are in these groups, it should be balanced. Yeah. Like if I have yeah. if I have a fighter and a ranger in a group, I should be able to be balanced against a tank and a mage, for example. And I'm absolutely fine with that. As long as we don't have fights that either, as Sim, you said, were stun locked for 12 years, or as I said, like with the gear, with proc sets, you don't one shot people. Mm-hmm. Because that's just lazy, lazy game design. Absolutely. 
That also don't like. Uh, I also don't like uh, fights that are stalemates. Like they just, <laughs> they just draw out and draw, so out, and you're like facing off. Because I've, like, I've done this plenty I have of times. To eat dinner, in, okay. I've done this plenty of times uh, in ESO where because I'm a healer, I'm just getting like you know attacked in PvP, and I'm like, dude, I have so much crit resist. I have this on, this on, and I'm just cleanse <laughs> and then the guy just like stops shooting me or stops hitting me and they're like we just look at each other and start dancing yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you run away no you run away no you run yeah. away that's like, one way to fix open world pvp if nobody don't can make kill me each heal other. you yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna heal you to death <laughs> god man you know what's really funny is we're, we're like almost half an hour in and we haven't even touched on most of the bullet points <laughs> Oh, I knew I was rolling the dice. I knew I was rolling the dice on this if, if we'd even get into half of this stuff, which is great. It's fine. Fine, fine. So let's, let's start then. Let's get let's shift into we talk. We have some points on here. We want to really start looking back at. And I talked to Pacha and, and Mist at the end of the last episode, and we thought it was actually a pretty good idea to like maybe look back and go, you know, like what have they and I can say delivered on. Right. Uh, but maybe looking at it more of like, what have we seen? What do we anticipate? We're going to maybe make it to the launch. You know, what's a realistic expectation on some of these things? Like, how are they going to make that interesting? Um, what stuff have we seen? Are we pleased with it? And if, and if we are great, that's whatever, what stuff have we not seen? Uh, you know, or these things that we've seen that we're kind of going, I don't really like this at all. This is not feeling like maybe it was what was promised. Or maybe, mm-hmm. oh man, this is better than I would have anticipated, right? I think that you know we a lot of times look back at cosmetics and things like that, and I think those are good reference points um, for some of this conversation because there are a lot of things in the Kickstarter that are cosmetic based or skins, um, things like you know barding, uh, freehold stuff. You've got uh, uh, you know the character model skins, like in terms of was it like the fire and the ice, and you've got the mounts and of course the mounts are all going to have their own skins uh you know you've got the weapon effects and things like that but we'll get into that in a minute so one thing that we had talked about um kind of in between last episode and now too is we're going to kind of lead with something that maybe fits in the middle but the idea of a uh, kickstarter upgrading um mainly i just want to get some opinions from you all about this because this is a side point but something i wanted to cover um you know, if you got the summer backer, uh, if you backed during the summer, you backed during the original Kickstarter, the Intrepid Studios has allowed there to be this kind of open uh, period of time where you could upgrade about as high as you want, unless they capped it. I don't I don't know what that expectation no. is. Right. So you can upgrade all the way up if you want to. Like the highest package is 10,000. The lowest is what, 50? Is that right? Less? I think so. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Got the damn thing uh, in front of me. Thank you. Forward. Like you should look at it. It's like right here. Anyway. Yeah. The, the lowest thing is 25. 25. Right. Yeah. The Explorer. So what are your ideas around the Kickstarter um, upgrades? Like, do you think that's something that should have a cap? Do you, do you, um, you know, cause I, I, I think that if you back the game, I think you're going to have a bit of a different opinion especially if you back during Kickstarter and su- the summertime than you are if like maybe you came in a little late and that's not an option for you. Some people are, I don't know if this is the right word. Some people definitely are a bit sour about that. I can understand that, right? I get it. Uh, if I 
kind of found out about it and it was like, damn, that already happened and I completely missed it. <laughs> it's not really anybody's fault. You can't fault the studio. You certainly aren't at fault because you didn't know, but it, it's just a fact you weren't there. Um, and I think that some of what I've seen resonating from certain people is just kind of this idea of, you know, if you backed early, you kind of have an in and it's not really fair. Uh, but I agree with like beer tech and chat. You snooze, you lose. Or actually that was <laughs> Sunfrog. You snooze, you lose. You weren't there. It, it is what it is, man. But what are your ideas around the backer uh, upgrading kind of system? Do you think there's like any problems with it? Um, you think there should be cutoffs? Personally, I'm okay with it because I'm actually going to upgrade. <laughs> but uh, they can but they can stop I, it as soon as I do though. <laughs> what I do I do think that though uh, the higher packet higher tier packages like for the PI and all that that should have been cut off a long time ago. As soon as uh, the Kickstarter ended. Right, as soon as it ended because it takes away from the prestige of those people who bought into that early. Yeah. And, and then you like you're in PI chat and all of a sudden you have some new people in there and you're like what what the hell? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a hefty price. <laughs> it is a hefty price, but you have like, I know people who were at Braver of World at Kickstarter, and since then they have been saving their money, and they're like, "Well, I can still upgrade. I yeah. still have time to upgrade, so I'm going to mm -hmm. save all this money and then throw it all at once into this upgrade." So it's I've, kind I've of actually uh, speaking wait, wait. on that thought. I, I was on Discord with Steven with the other people on Ashes Creation Discord, and um a lady talked to steven to, told him that can't you make it an incremental thing to increase it to fair phoenix initiative steven said no if you want you could like open a save account and like once you get that funds you can then upgrade to phoenix initiative but we're, we're not yeah. going to make Wait, it that yeah easy. that's that's, that's what i'm saying they're, they're holding all their money until they have that amount they need, and then they're paying it mm -hmm. off. It's like know. putting it on layaway, right? Am I right? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> like but it, it's understandable because um, I, I knew people who backed the game. They could only do $50, $25 at the time. And yeah, now yeah. they're Braver Worlds. Uh, what, a year and a half, two years later, they, they went ahead and bought that upgrade. But um, as far as there should be a cutoff, uh, I'm okay with people upgrading up until like a week before alpha mm. like i'm cool with that but if it continues to be an upgrade after the alpha alpha period it's kind of like getting greedy yeah like, like okay you, you can take my money up into alpha and that's the earliest you can get in but then what's the point of still upgrading to leader of man yeah you know what i mean like mm. okay Honestly, I feel kind of the same way, and I'm going to add that for all of us here, we all know a lot about Ashes of Creation. We've been following that game for a while, and we've been talking about that game for a while with a lot of people, and we've been following the news and like their streams and everything. And f coming from that guy who knows all of these things, or I feel like I know all of these things, I'm fine. Like I completely agree with Mackie. Like, continue allowing for upgrades until the start of alpha one and then stop. But if I take a different perspective and I try to put myself in the shoes of someone who doesn't know about Ashes of Creation, I just know it's an MMO that's in development 
And I've seen articles about the shady referral system, about uh, like the CEO's past and all that stuff. And I'm starting to like form kind of like a dark idea of like a shady idea of what Intrepid Studios is all about. If mm. I was in the marketing department, I would look at the, at the Kickstarter and I would seriously consider asking myself that question. Should we shut down all these things like upgrades and all that stuff? Because it's Kickstarter stuff. The Kickstarter is over. We should not like, I'm putting myself in their, their shoes. We should not continue making money on the name Kickstarter if we're not doing the Kickstarter anymore because it looks greedy. It looks like we're digging for money. It looks kind of Chronicles of Illyria-ish. Mm. It looks crowdfunded. And I feel like they should they should step away from the crowdfunded image because it's really bad for business right now, for MMOs. Mm. So like coming from me, continue upgrading until Alpha 1. But coming from like an exterior point of view, stop it. Like, just stop. Continue doing your monthly cosmetics and all that stuff. And then you can upgrade, you know, you buy like a 250 pack and there, and you can buy all the cosmetics monthly for all the $250 packs and below. But like, stop with the Kickstarter in the summer and all that stuff. Stop stop with like trying to it's, it's either allow they people take to spend money. It's either they take, which I completely agree with you. Uh, or they can limit it to like, let's say 500 and up can upgrade but when it comes to like smaller kickstarter backers they just stop at where it is or like for smaller Maybe. kickstarters like say someone had a 25 dollar pack they can only upgrade to uh braver world and that's it mm. they can't go yeah. any further and then like like you said yeah. anyone who's braver world they can only go up like one or two stop yeah i'd say mm. like people like i'm looking at the chart here so like 25 dollars for like people in for the people in the stream so 25 dollars the explorer pack $500 is the Braver of Worlds pack. Then you have Leader of Men for 1000 and it goes all the way up to $10,000 for Avatar of the Phoenix. What I feel like they could do is from the Explorer pack at $25, you can upgrade all the way up to Braver of Worlds, and Braver of Worlds is the highest you can go. And for people who bought in Leader of Men, they can upgrade all the way to Avatar of the Phoenix. But from the the twenty five dollars, you can't go above that because then it would be like for the people who bought in who bought in early and who had kind of like the the, the stress of Kickstarter. It's like, yeah, hey, you have thirty days to like get into that cool stuff, and they did, and they did like throw a large bag of money at the at the Kickstarter. Like, give them kind of like that feeling of yay, it paid off to have a. $2,500 bill on my credit card just for one entry for one month. Mm -hmm. Like, how about you give them that feeling? Mm. That's kind of what Kickstarter is about. It's like early birds and stuff like that. It's all about like buying in early. So like, let them have it. I feel like upgrading the Kickstarter constantly, it just kind of defeats the, the whole purpose. So I kind of had some thoughts about that as you guys were talking, right? So I'm hearing one thing is, is like, I also thought about it. I remember Steven saying that alpha keys weren't going to be, you couldn't really pre-order anymore to get alpha access, right? Because they were kind of limiting how many people are going to have access to alpha at this point. I think it's potentially also because of the fact that like, well, 
you know, they got to make sure that they can handle like dealing with the stress tests and all that kind of stuff. Like they need so many people for the information. But if you have more than that, then you're having to deal with like not everybody being able to log in then having problems with all that. And, you know, there's a lot of like things that kind of revolve around that. But I'm kind of thinking about this and I'm like, you know, limiting it to it. Like, I almost feel like we're kind of at a point now where maybe you even have to limit how far you go up because if someone's only explorer and they decide that they want to upgrade to a certain point where they didn't have alpha access, they then, I mean, cause if you're saying like no one can get it off the website, right? You can't go get a pre-order pack and get alpha access anymore. Right? So yeah. then if people can upgrade and get alpha access, then you have people going, well, then that doesn't seem fair. But then also mm -hmm. can you handle that many people have alpha access? So I see there being like these different layers of potential issues. Um, but I do agree. I think, you know, I, I, I even think that up until like, you know, alpha, you know, I don't really see it as a problem, but I think when you get to that point, like there's gotta be a cutoff somewhere in upgrading mm -hmm. because I think you're kind of rewarding faith to some degree, right. To, to some degree, that's kind of what I see it as rewarding yeah. people that put enough faith and like, we're willing to take the risk on you. Um, but then if, you know, people like only bought in it, explore and they're like, I'm just going to wait until right before the game launches and I'm going to upgrade then when I, feel super secure because it actually got there, then it, yeah, I could see how some people might feel cheated, you know, like I'm going to put $25 a month in a savings account and then I'm going to buy like, the avatar out of Phoenix, like three months before release. Like, oh yeah. A friend of mine did that. He's hey, they specifically bought <laughs> one of those, uh, disposable, you know, bank cards, whatever. Yeah. And they would, they would load $50 every two weeks or whatever into that. And they managed to go from the $25 one to Braver Worlds like last year. And she was super excited about it. I'm like, hey, play play how you want to play. True. You know, if they if they gave you that option to keep upgrading, mm -hmm. that's not your fault. Do it. You no, know, like, like we shouldn't blame yeah. the players for doing it. They're like, not like they're... they say, oh, no, we don't want your money. But <laughs> no, exactly. yeah. To be fair, not everybody's able to get that sort of money. True. Like, right. It's, it's, it's like a friend who, who kept on like saving 25 mm -hmm. bucks just not to have the financial burden in order to get that package. It's not that she doesn't believe in the game. She believes in the game. It's just that she, she's unable to support. Right. And yeah. you can just rip it away from these people. Suddenly. <sighs> Like I think if if the, if Ashes of Creation wants to do this, give us a heads up. The last I still think time they should cut. Oh yeah, the very top of this. Yeah, yeah. The very top all, should just be out all the PI. All the PI should just like be, be left out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you can mm -hmm. still upgrade all the way up to what is it? Uh, I think it's leader? leader of man. And then that's it. I'm looking at it. PI is out of the question for you. Um, no, it seems like yeah. royalty, and it's here are the people in Avatar of the Phoenix that have yeah. the. Yeah, I think. No, okay, no. Royalty to $2,500 one, you do have Phoenix Initiative. Yeah, it's so up like, to Leader of Men then, which is a $1,000 one. Yeah. Leader of yeah, Men. Wherever the PI is, is those still a lot. Yeah, definitely. Cut out. Yeah. Like, or like Pacha said. Uh, I can upgrade now. Or like uh, <laughs> Pacha said earlier, they should have a, they should mm -hmm. reword it from Kickstarter to something else, and the yeah. PI should be out of that. Yeah, exactly. Like rework kind of like what you're giving, like remove the line Phoenix Initiative from Avatar the Phoenix, rework the names and don't call it Kickstarter. Yeah. And say that your Kickstarter packages will 
count towards the progression in that and but and you can still upgrade it for for that but you're not going to get phoenix initiative you're not going to be a kickstarter mm-hmm. backer because i i feel like it just sucks like i i know that people who bought in for like avatar of the phoenix Damn. I know that a lot of those people, like they spend ten thousand dollars, or like the hero of the people, or royalty. That's a lot of money. Like, I mean, like I have a I have a good job in real life, but like even for like for a lot of people, for for me too, like even just leader of men, that's a lot of cash mm-hmm. for a video game that's not even out yet. Like, holy crap! That could possibly not even. So could possibly not even release. A thousand dollars. You're gonna is, spend that much money straight up front, right? Like, like, like give them that feeling are, of exclusivity. A, uh, there's a an area of faith that you're going in with, mm-hmm. yeah. Pretty much. So it's kind of like what happened to Illyria. You know, Feels imagine bad. how many people bought into that early on, and then poof. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, I definitely want to shift. I think Mackie kind of led into an upcoming point that I wanted to kind of shift us to, but also, uh, I got a shout out to Night Scream in chat Two, She said yeah. 24 months subbed on the channel here on Twitch. Two years, my friend, keep up the good work. I love to see how far you've come. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And thank you for the two years. That means a lot. Um, so I'm looking over these backer rewards, right? Here's something else I thought about. You got to be able to deliver this stuff. So let's let's I'm just going to try and hit some of the main points. Keep in mind with backer rewards for anybody who might be paying attention now, uh, listening in on this. You're not really too sure how Kickstarter works or like uh, how the tiers work. Essentially, there's, you know, level one, two, three, four, and you can go up to however many they decide that they want to do. Right. But uh, let's say level one to ten, level one being the lowest, ten being the highest, obviously. And let's say uh, every time that you you decide to do a higher level you already have whatever was at those lower levels included by default along with whatever is additionally added at that next level. So you upgrade even further, you get more stuff, but you also have everything else from before, right? So some of the things that you start out with is let's go all the way down to the Explorer, the $25 one, right? There's a lot of different things, month of game time, recognized with the title, your name, everybody that backed it gets their name in the credits. Um, you get the Explorer forum badge. So every, every tier has a forum badge. Every tier has a title, right? Everybody is going to have their name in the credits for the game. Um, there's an in-game chat emoji pack that starts there, right? So it's something, yeah, that's something that hasn't even been talked about too much. You know, (laughs) there's a lot of things that were included in Kickstarter that we don't really even see being talked about yet. Not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It just shows you that there's so many layers here that are included that we aren't always hitting on, right? Or they haven't even hit on yet at all. So you've got everything that goes with the settler, you start to get closed beta access, you get the titles, you get more emoji packs, you get uh, a white runic steed already, right? Which is a super cool mount if you've seen it, the concept art. Yeah, that, um, one, that one's really cool. Yeah, you actually see it on their, um, their com- uh, not commercial, I'll say commercial, but their uh, <laughs> Alpha One preview. Don't don't give me shit. It's enough. We've had enough boomer talk or whatever, which it triggers well, me. Never enough boomers. Listen, you okay. see them in the newspaper. Wrong generation. Wrong generation. Okay. Ah, you. Um, Gen- generation X. Generation X. Go ahead. So the uh, yeah. on the um, the settler pack, there's a uh, additional character creation customization options. Mm. We haven't even 
what the basic character creation. <laughs> hey, we've seen three beards, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, what's that even mean, right? Like, we don't yeah. know what that means. Like, what is that? Right. What additional layer is that? Because they've already said character customizations would be extensive. What's this layer adding? So, yeah. you know, because we'll get to the rest. So we keep going through. You start getting additional. You get pets. You get. Uh, additional mounts you get cloaks you get uh i mean these are all included in the pioneer pack at 100 right these the the, the, the like additional uh you get your character name reservation right uh you get more game time you get uh kickstarter exclusives freehold appearance bundles right chat uh game emoji packs right like keep in mind they wouldn't be mentioning that on there like this is tier three that means more and more emojis none of this stuff's been talked about or shared or anything yet um, you get, of course, the title and all that stuff. We keep going to founder 150, right? Just, I'm not going to read every single thing out, but l- listen, each one of these so far, spectral mare mount, pet. So I'm going mount, pet, more game time. Game time, not a big deal, right? Like nice. early access or whatever, not a big deal if you end up getting that. But as you go along, you know, additional pets, additional mounts, right you get into more access to alpha right when you get up to braver worlds you get alpha one access which is the 500 dollars pack you keep going down right you get monster tokens uh you get at the leader of men you get more you get the demonic and angelic character racial skins right along with guild hall appearances right uh and and i'm not even sure how that's going to work if someone's got guild hall appearances and things like that and you have multiple people who backed and got that like is that overlap is it exclusive to a person only if they lead a guild like there's a, a bunch of uh detail to that right you get into royalty this is where we talked about pi the phoenix initiative right that's where pi comes into 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 play uh you start to talk about having additional keys the higher you go up right and you get really specific things now right and right around let me make sure I got this right. Okay, leader of men, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to with leader of men forward. You start to get persistent things in the game world that will exist for backers. Okay, so at uh, leader of men, you get an NPC. Name an NPC within Ashes of Creation. All right, that one probably not so tough. As you keep going down, you get additional keys and access that you can give to people right then you start to get into designing uh monsters in the game i'm not going to tie all this in but you get there's monsters in the game there's uh a persistent uh statues there's statues there's also like a a fortress right Mm -hmm. there's only going to be so many of these things anyway this stuff ties into the game right 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 around launch or launch ish right which i want to get feedback on but there's a ton if you backed all the way up and if you can update your backer level, like at some point you've got to hold off because there's only so many fortresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the one thing sure. that that really stands out at me mm-hmm. is the hero of the people, mm-hmm. where it About says uh, you work with our artists to yeah. build a yeah. old manner, hand designed. Like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hand design. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hand design. Thank Which you. means they will make the uh, like the concept <laughs> art that you want, and then put it then, in yeah, three D model it. Big so delivery. Make it in the game. Good luck with that. Yeah. 
Also, or they're expecting player. you to hand draw it. Scale I'm going to live in a, in a cube. <laughs> Uh, no, one thing I, I wanted to kind of clarify for people uh, asking about the Alpha One name reservation, that since it since things have been delayed, uh, I think they said that's TBD, so it yeah. won't be this Alpha. It'll the be name later. reservation. Yeah. Okay. That'll be pushed back, so that's TBD. Mm-hmm. I mean, good because I'm not even set on a name yet, so uh, they can. I never even thought about the name. <laughs> you're, you're all. I just want them to finish the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that like you're right, Sim. That's a lot of that's a lot of stuff that they're promising, and we're not even talking mm-hmm. about the stretch goals yet. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff that they're promising, and like just to get back on a few things that the things that bother me the most in that it's not really stuff that's persistent it's when we go up in the cheaper tiers when we have character creation character uh, character customization tier one two three uh em- like uh emojis uh what is that how many tiers there's there three emojis? tiers for emojis i think three yeah. tiers we haven't even seen the chat yet we don't even know exactly what we're going to have in the chat. Mm. And they said that the character creator will be as in-depth or similar in terms of depth as BDO, right? Which yes. is a pretty, pretty big deal. Like, I know zero Western-made MMO that has character creation as in-depth as BDO. But, like, let's say they, let's say they manage it. Is that just for Tier 1? And it's as in-depth? Or are we talking tier one, two, and or like are we talking tier three? So like I don't know. Like I don't know all these things. We have like almost zero information. All of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally. That's totally. Hey, hey Sim asked. <laughs> I have to <laughs> so if you're watching this on YouTube and you're like, wait, what is going on here? We don't understand. Just look at Faisal's camera. Come, you can either A, come back to Twitch and check the chat or just listen to what I'm saying right now. Stay tuned. Uh, right, I'm going to say it right now. I play on the floor. I have my entire setup on the floor. <laughs> so I said Pixar, it didn't happen. as Arabic as it gets, people. <laughs> oh, my. So he took a picture. All these things that we don't know about the game that we yeah. haven't even had any kind of detail. And, like, those beards that they posted, like. Weak. Oh, sure. damn, Mackie. I mean, I mean listen, like, <laughs> sure. bad. The, the beards themselves are hella weak. I can't grow the, facial hair, but I would the, the thing that I'm okay with is that the, the character behind that beard looked really good. Looked it was, it was like well it was not a stock model from the yeah. Unreal Engine. <laughs> so, like, I was happy with that, but. Like they could have that little that little pin she had. Come on, you could have you could have done something better. Like slick. <laughs> like if you're gonna show off beards for the first time, like show off show off at least one big beard, one medium, one small. Are, are you wanting Gandalf beard? Is that what we're looking oh, for dude, here? You have no idea. Oh no, Stephen confirmed. Oh yeah, they're gonna have beards <laughs> like mine. <laughs> What's that? Uh, that old. 
Master from Kill Mr. Bill. Miyagi. What? Like, ha, ha, ha. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh. yeah. Dwarves love their beards. They do. They do. Shifu or something? No, that's in. No, that's <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you, Pasha. They've got a ton of stuff. True. Uh, like the emojis and and like I'm I'm actually looking at this now because I didn't I haven't looked at this for ages. Looking at this now, I'm also very curious about these uh, three tiers of customer creation. Like what mm-hmm. what that involves, mm-hmm. I I think additional customer creation. I feel like in most games that's usually things like uh, maybe like tattoos on the face or additional piercings depending on the race that kind of thing or like additional starting outfits or additional or options to redo your character mm-hmm. uh, without having to start again, like changing free. Ch- Free character change appearance. Yeah. Kind of stuff. I hope it's a boob slider increase. <laughs> and a butt slider increase. And a, and a butt uh, slider. I'm going to get that butt slider. Junk, butt slider. junk slider, slider increase. Junk. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Hey, you got to have, you gotta have uh, equality around. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Mm-hmm. Thanks for hey, respecting no. my options. Let's <laughs> not get. Hey, we already went into. Um, <laughs> Horse testicles last week. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so chat, I see. Uh, need that badonka donk? Yeah. Uh, what is what? that badonka donk? Could you? Uh... No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I never, I never oh, yeah, understood yeah. what badonka donk means until I played Borderlands. I've learned it from Borderlands. I swear. <laughs> So you're know, like, it's a, it, it, there's a lot of stuff, and we're not even talking about the stretch goals yet. There's not a lot yet. of stuff that like we haven't even had details on Here, yet. Here's the thing, too, right? Even when Kickstarter was posted, right, there are asterisks next to some of these items, like invitation to dinner with the development team, uh, work with the devs to design one of the world's fortresses included at the avatar level, right? There's three asterisks. You know what it says? Pending final approval. Yeah. What's that mean? Did, did we get the final approval? I don't know, man. I don't think we have. So yeah. then you go down to here are the people 5K. Work with the devs to design a monster in the game. Triple asterisks. Waiting. Final approval. <laughs> like wh- when is final approval? Like so then if people upgrade is like that mean like, you know, where's the line drawn sort of thing, right? So exactly. we don't we don't know. Like, can you you imagine? I, and I'm not saying it's going to happen at all. But like, if the possibility of upgrading means you don't get some of this, like problems. Well, yeah, yeah. from a practical standpoint, mm-hmm. they're going to have to have some a cutoff point, point or, for that kind of stuff because obviously it takes time to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and and same it, with things, kind even of, just like getting somebody yeah. to an invitation yeah. to the studio. It kind of brings me back, honestly, to what I was saying earlier. From an outsider's point of view, yes. all these things that we're saying, please shut down the Kickstarter upgrades because but it looks... Wait till Mikey upgrades and then shut it down. Uh-huh. Because it looks shady. It looks greedy. And it looks like there are a ton of asterisks. And nobody likes to see that, especially someone who doesn't doesn't yet have faith in the game. Right. Or the developers. Yeah, but like no. to be honest, it's not as shady as as you say it is because it's only available for Kickstarter backers. It's not like for everybody. True. True. 
Yeah, so, but how many backers do we have? We have nineteen. It's a lot of backers. <laughs> I'm not saying no, uh, yeah. but it's not as shady as you say you're trying no. to say it is. But so, I have a, I know a lot of people who bought who bought into the twenty five dollar dollar pack and yeah. they know nothing about the game. So yeah. like what they're seeing now is that like they keep on asking for money or they right. they don't keep on asking because they never said they're asking, but mm. they keep on keeping that door open to get more money from their people, even though the game is supposed to be fully funded and beyond. And I'm right. not saying that, that is... I don't have faith because like I'll be honest here, that pack I bought was Leader of Men. Like that showed up on my <laughs> credit card bill. I I had a bit of sweat on my forehead and I kind of like. <laughs> Took a cold shower in fetal position, but I did it. Like I still did it. So I, and it's because I have faith in the game and I have faith Oof. in the developers. When when I, big when hopes, I to... but as soon as I see all these asterisks and like everything we're talking about and all these things that like they haven't even been confirmed or talked about yet. Right. If I put myself in the shoe of someone who maybe bought into like the twenty five dollar one or someone who hasn't bought into it at mm. all like it looks weird it looks right. it looks weird yeah. and regardless I, of I, the intentions yeah. i know in the beginning they had said uh, once they had renders and concept art they would update the page i was recently on there and like nothing has been really updated <laughs> no, nothing. but i do want to point this out um i went through and try to find which um Kickstarter summer backer mounts or pets had already been shown through videos or uh, conception, you know, yeah. uh, arts. It was less than five, but uh, we have pets and mounts from uh, the uh, monthly packages that have already been uh, created. Mm. That's true. Yeah. yeah, you think there should be a bit of a priority on that in terms of like get the Kickstarter stuff out first? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I I can't really disagree with that. I think that, you know, you have people who invested far, farther back, like maybe get to the stuff that's backlogged, I guess you could say, considered backlogged. To, to be honest, for me, when I, like, kickstarted, as much as I like to see all these cosmetics comes out, I love to see core of concept. I honestly, from my my opinion, is to see core of concept, like uh, the main concept that they're trying to work on works, <laughs> rather than seeing cosmetics, because cosmetics cosmetics is pure creativity, and the artist can get you these these cosmetics done. It's not that they can't. Yeah. It's just. Well, we I have see, seen like, seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the, exactly. Oh. Wonder yeah. if it's like a choice thing, like the artists are just kind of picking what they want to do, maybe. Or... It has it has to be a choice because yeah. let me give you an example: the quadruped uh, mount that they recently featured is actually the same design as the Day Strider, but they decided to put out yeah. the quadruped first. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was a monthly package. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, there have been several monthly packages. I mean. Clearly, the monthly packages, there have been many of those that have had either pets or the mounts that have been showcased. Like Dawnbreaker has been shown. We we got a snapshot yeah, of that one in Dawn, yeah. uh, APOC or whatever. Same for the Spectral <clears throat> Bear, I think. I think we should have a rendition of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it looks awesome. <laughs> Man, so talking about, you know, the risks and challenges, which was another point, right? We haven't even, we haven't even touched, <laughs> we haven't even touched on the, 
the stretch the goals. stretch goals. Like I had a feeling this is what was would happen. <laughs> We're an hour into a sh- the show and we haven't even yeah. touched on the stretch goals. Like this is going to go on a while. But it's not to go and say like, hey, you haven't shown us this. Like this is. You know, how dare you? You've done us wrong. It's just we're just kind of like stepping back and going, what have we seen? Like, what have we seen? Where are we at on this like potential, like our perception of a timeline of something that's been shown? And like, you know, where do we stand? on? Like, should we see this other stuff first? And and all of that, like we all have different ideas about it. And, you know, it's just food for thought, I think, in terms of getting an idea of where people in the game community are at. You know, Potch is like several of us talked about people that we know that maybe haven't backed it or can't afford to back, you know, to upgrade to a certain point. Like, it's just it's good food for thought because it helps to give you snapshots of different people in the community, their perception of like where the game's at and how they kind of feel about that. Right. Yeah. So I want to I want to put out a uh, PSA. Yeah. So if you were a KS or a summer backer. I would recommend if you haven't to recheck your packages yeah. uh, only because I bought into the KS and then I just completely forgot about it. Like I was super hyped, like, ah, and I got involved with the community. Yeah. So <laughs> around a zero around alpha pre alpha zero, I actually went back and checked my account and it turns out they put me under a summer pack, a summer pack backer. And uh, I had to go through a process to, uh, Oh my God. My KS, okay. I'm going to go check now. Yeah. So, because uh, I kept trying to upgrade during the the A zero area, right. and it kept saying I had to pay the full three hundred to upgrade, but what? that should have been less, and that's where it all came in to. Yeah. yeah. So I would recommend checking packages again if you're someone who just bought it and then just forgot about it. Double step verification. <laughs> yeah, code. just double check everything that you bought. Uh, even if it was an APOC, make sure you you uh, recheck all that stuff too. Yeah, you know we're kind of getting towards the end of the month here, and they they had and I'm just sidestepping here a bit, and they had talked about you know showing a little bit more of Alpha One, you know, this month. But we really don't, don't know what that means. Um, I'm not really too sure what we're gonna see. Um, it was it's been a little quiet. I mean, there's been like a lot of tweets and stuff, and I think that there was a discussion part like reference that later but there have been a little bit a little bit of communication stuff it was kind of like came in with the alpha one preview and it was a bunch of you know a bunch of chat around it but we haven't really seen anything more yet so i'm kind of wondering what the what this timeline of information might start to look like and if it's going to be any different um i don't know man i'm just i I am just sitting back kind of going so whenever we can start to see some of these things that have been hinted at in the alpha one and, and kind of discussions post alpha one and the discord and everything. Um, yeah. But talking it's about, cause yeah. Um, cause Stephen wasn't he like ill or had some kind of injury. He was had to have something done what? recently. Did he? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I heard this all briefly, oh. but I don't know any details. Mackie, do you know? I just heard it was like a health issue. Oh, I don't think he went into detail about it. Hopefully it's not COVID. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Health it's, it's definitely not COVID. It was something, something. else. But that, that might explain why we haven't really heard anything. Got it. So, yeah. Got it, got it. That would explain it. So we talk about the risks and challenges. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, when you look at the risks for Kickstarter, right? Like, they've all got to basically put down 
there, there are risks and challenges, right? Like that's part of the Kickstarter model. And when oh, you, yeah. when you look at that, uh, they essentially point out a lot of the same things like an MMO is really risky. It's a very massive project. Um, there could be problems that could, you know, delay things. Look, they prefaced all of this. So when people were like, you know, this is the thing that I thought, I thought was really funny was like when people were just trying to crucify them for not having things in the timeline that they had even discussed it potentially being in, I'm going, there's a, they, they've got like on there. I've said it. Yeah, it's been, and also, like, it's kind of part of the deal, game development, right? But the thing is, is you could go through here, and and all of the risks and challenges are pretty, pretty straightforward, right? And it even says, and finally, in the case that Ashes of Creation does not launch, we promise to refund all backers in full, right? There is a, like, added layer of security to this potential Kickstarter. Now, I agree with Pacha, like, stepping away from the narrative of Kickstarter and Maybe just calling it like supporter levels or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Just founders. Yeah, founders. I mean, that's a pretty traditional term for for yeah. games anyway these days. Like, you know, founder levels, whatever. Stepping away from that and kind of getting away from the whole Kickstarter discussion, you know, and, and even uh, kind of um, just kind of framework is not a, necessarily a bad idea in my my perspective. But the the one layer here is that with Kickstarters, there's that, hey, stuff may not happen. Like Oath is an example of a big cringe moment. Chronicles of Valyria is a moment. There's there's a lot of games that have, you know, it's just like, damn, didn't happen. People felt or were legitimately um, ripped off because of people's yeah. intentions. And Kickstarters does not have control of that. But there's like this underlying level of support in all of this is that, you know, the person that's running the show here had a lot of money going into it committed a lot of money going into it. It's continued to been doing to be doing that from the beginning. So there is that now in the terms of the risks, I don't think that's like something I have a concern about. It's more along the timeline or availability of the rewards that are outlined there. Right. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure how much of this we're going to dig into, but we talked about the delivery points for what, you know, initially was there. We've talked about like our perspectives around that delivering these items. We've kind of outlined all of that. Now I'm just going to touch base on the Kickstarter stretch goals. Now I told them today, my guest today, I told all of them, I was like, look, there's a lot, a lot of stretch goals. We even have bullet points that absolutely are probably going to be at this point. I'm very confident are going to be a different episode. Uh, but I knew this was going to be a very fluid situation like we're going to go into this we're going to start digging in we're going to kind of go where wherever the conversation leads us at an hour and a half we're going to probably wind it down and to be continued but here are the kickstarter stretch goals again if i I linked that in chat earlier you can take a look at these stretch goals uh for ashes of creation i'm just going to hit the bullet points here and then we're going to just kind of dig in we'll go with faisal um since he's a new guy on the show here no pressure or anything. And we'll kind of let them pick <laughs> things that they want to talk about or maybe, the, you know, where their mind's at on a particular one. Um, Kickstarter stretch goals, all of which were met, are the following. Parlor games. We're going in order of, like, level, by the way. First parlor games, then small pets, right? We already saw. Never mind. The Group mounts. Yeah. yeah, the second one's 
clearly done. They did let people vote on that already. And, oh, yeah, we voted mm-hmm. on that. Yep. Everything, yeah. Yep. And I completely disagree with it. Ooh. Oh, Please oh, hold, hold your thoughts. Hold your thoughts. <laughs> hold your thoughts. All right. So group mounts, backer weapon skins, enhanced naval content, backer armor skins, the underrealm. We're halfway there. That's that's like busting. Yeah. The, oh, hold up. Hold that thought. Ooh. The Underrealm, backer-only aquatic mounts, social organizations, backer-only die set, Underrealm race, backer-only mount barding, backer-only skill effects, stock exchange. Oof, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Clearly. Sorry. Go. <laughs> Go. The toughest one, I think, for them to actually give to us is going to be a stock exchange. Uh, because of the, the constant pushbacks and uh, just development pauses yeah. that we're going through. That person that's or those people that are running that specific uh, system, you know, we don't know if they are infected by COVID or how how their work process is. that's been kind of hush hush so we don't know anything about that yeah uh the second thing that they've shown us and i'm kind of just over it because it's hideous is the underrealm it's pretty much just a like Pacha said earlier a cave with crystals yeah. and uh it's very very sad I mean, hopefully we'll see more of that in a1 fleshed out because the way they described it to us was supposed to be kind of I'm going to take an example kind of like Black Reach in, in Elder Scrolls a so world it's, it's underground all, yeah under, mm. underground world where you can explore as many different types of uh, layers to it that sounds more interesting than what we saw in I mean yeah. it's, it's a little <laughs> bit way too early to say it's nice <laughs> I mean it's beautiful it it's beautiful the con- the, con- mm. the idea of it is is uh is there, but I think they need to push it a little further. Yeah, because right now it's not an underrealm, it's a cave. Yeah, it's like, so like yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. cave, but it's a cave. It's yeah. not an underrealm, it's not a world underground. Right. I've, seen, I've seen that cave in Alpha Zero, I've seen that cave in VR, and, and it still needs a lot of work. Yeah, um, oh, for <laughs> sure. I'm not gonna deny it. Scaling and just the way you enter. Is I hope that's not the way into another realm. It's just a ramp into it. Uh, like I, I was kind of hoping, like for a hole or a portal or a ladder, even uh, something, or like uh, the elevators in Blackreach go down and you're there. Holy shit! But no, it's just oh look, I'm in the other realm. Wow, nice. Yeah. Walk back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and also the Tolnar. Uh, I know there's a lot of people waiting for the Tolnar. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, waiting to burn them, but yes. Waiting to burn them. Yeah, oh, that's heretics. so vicious. In game, by the way. Oh, wait, they're only in game anyway. We're good. Never mind. <laughs> but um, Elven. Oh, uh, what? What? <laughs> Mackie. Uh, <laughs> uh, Elven what? What? Huh? What? Uh, I, I, oh I, my I, gosh, dude. Oh, then wait. Then wait. Uh, I, I think one of the most important things that they need to show uh, is honestly the Tolnar. No matter if you like them or you dislike them, they're one of the. They're now supposed to be one of the main races of the game. 
you should show us a concept art that is not discarded because we've seen concept art for all the races thanks to the cosmet the monthly cosmetics we've seen them in early early concept art told yeah. our only the only thing we had were silhouettes now we have nothing because they've been discarded like I need to see something, and I'm not gonna play a Tolnar. I'm not a I'm not a beast race kind of gamer, but I know a lot of people who are, and I love the look of Argonians and Khajiit in, in like in the Elder Scrolls, except yeah. for Skyrim, they look like crackheads. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, just, just they're, they're an important aspect of MMORPGs. Yeah. Every good MMORPG, in my opinion, needs a furry race, a beast yep. race. It's important. Yeah, because there's like, a big no matter if like, you want to burn them or you don't like them, it's an important part of the player base. Is and that's the beast that's race. money. That's money. It's big money. It's big money. It's hey, Boku we got Bucks. furries. <laughs> <laughs> so like, they need they need to show it off. They really do. Just give me concept art. Like I don't care. But like they said that they would be able to have fur, horns, scales, like different like genome types for them that would like show in any way. Right. Show me proof of concept in just a concept art. Just show An me RP something. Your Argonian made. Yeah. Exactly. You are speaking to my heart so much. You know, like, I want it. Oh, like that's money. That's money. You could be like, ah, oh, this is for Tolnar only. Yeah. It's a bunny girl outfit. Right. Like Not Night Scream is saying, will there be a lolly race? And I say, like, no, yes. but you got the dwarves. You yeah, got the something dwarves. similar. <laughs> the dwarves are small <laughs> enough. Yeah. But they count. The dwarves are small enough. They are <laughs> with with the big axe. Or yeah. the shield. Bilbo Baggins was a lolly <laughs> trader, oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. But, no, like, like they, they need to show off the tall art. I think it's important. Yep. And, like, Final <laughs> Fantasy, they don't have that. Like, they, they have Beast Race. It's like the yeah. bunny girls from the Playboy magazines. Like, come on, yeah. that's not a Beast Race. They got the cat, like, the cat ESO has it. Guild Wars 2 has it in another way. They are ugly as sin, the char. But they're so cool. Do not they're speak so, badly about the char. They're, they're the so best race badass. Ever. They're like super in- industrial like and all culture. that stuff. Like, exactly. Awesome. We need information about the beast race because usually it's the race that you can take and put in the lore as being kind of like the outcast in all ways, shape, or form. Right. Cultural, technological, religious, magical, all the ways. So like they need to show that off because it opens the door for like so many players to just come and barging in, and they need to show it because that's what they promised in the Kickstarter. Yeah, honestly, the idea of culture, I think that's a that's actually a really good point because that's something like I know they don't they want to keep lore close to the chest. I totally get that, really, especially with this game. Like that's something that I totally get. I really do. But we've. Even through the cosmetics monthly, we've gotten to see the Nikwa and all that. We've seen some of the like, you know, like blog posts and stuff where they're going, hey, kind of talking about that. Like, man, I mean, that would be a really good choice to kind of step into, because even if you gave a really small description about the Tolnar and some cultural components, I mean, those people are going to eat that up. I mean, that would be, I mean, that would actually be quite a big step in that direction, even if it was a small thing, because there really is like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you give me, you give me like a five paragraph text about the culture of one race. And I can promise you 
I could talk about that for an hour and a half on stream. Yep. Like, and I'm True. sure Mikey could do like for oh. twice, twice oh. that time. Like, <laughs> the like, community could do so much with that. True. Uh, and I know, I know, Stephen doesn't want to. So much fan. Mm -hmm. The fan fiction writes itself. Yeah. I know that Stephen doesn't want to give that information, anything about the lore, because he wants to keep it like we're we're going to learn about it as the game goes on but like be careful about that please because there are so many games that have so mm. much lore but it's so hidden in like tidbits like oh i found this scroll that has two lines i'm going to search for another scroll <laughs> scroll that is yeah. the second half of the deck yeah. so i can learn four lines about the lore <laughs> don't do that uh, like right. give us lore books give us he did the he did the thing with the harbingers and the two dwarves. That was diary. Yeah, the blog. Oh my yeah. god! Keep doing that, please. Yeah. Because like that's amazing. Mm -hmm. We could talk about that for hours. And we get lore. We get lore in the monthly cosmetics as well. Yeah. But it just makes you think of well, where does that connect to? What does that connect? To? Yeah, exactly. And is that just? marketing <laughs> yes yeah. yeah we don't we don't need a lot Ta just give Lair something yeah. exactly and it's also giving us uh, it's also giving them uh better material honestly because if you go to the community creation section on the forums and you these fan fictions that are writing themselves just from the little bits we do have the writers don't have to do much they can just get inspiration from these stories and they'll have content for years. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. It's like, man, I mean, may not have expected that actually Jazirus would say it in there in chat. Wouldn't maybe they didn't really expect to actually have to deliver on that. Maybe they didn't really <laughs> expect that they were going to hit those goals. I do remember watching as well, like what's done is done. Like you gotta yeah. Do I do remember watching like as, as, all those marks were hit. I was like, holy crap, man. Like that was like one of the things that really caught my attention. And cause I didn't back until like the very end of it. Like, I think it was like a day left or something. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, uh, I'm not really too sure. You know, I'm still not too sure. But then I saw how it was getting hit. Like all those boxes getting checked. And I was like, Oh my God, man. You know, I would be getting more than, yeah. A lot, a lot of people really believe in this, you know, it's not just, and I'm not going to say like, you know, it's just like, oh, well, because other people did, I did. But, you know, it's like I I want to know I'm I'm not the only one that really kind of believed in the project. And, you know, that there was a lot in the um, the the uh, what you call it, the um, stretch rewards or stretch goals, rather, that I, I actually was like kind of wanting to make sure that they had in the game. So part of me was contemplative about backing it also based on whether or not some of those boxes got hit. Um but that was just kind of me. Uh, things like the social organizations I felt was one that was important to me. Um, things like the Underrealm, not necessarily because I wanted to see something related to another game, but just, you know, I, the more they could do that was different to me was really going to give me more reason to be excited and passionate about it. Because um, I wanted to see something different, not just a skin of something that we've seen before, but like, you know, a reskin of something we've seen before, but actually seeing like nodes, for example, I don't like mm -hmm. something like that, like something that really sets it aside and makes the world something you could live in. Like to me, that was exciting, really, really exciting. And so elements on there, like social organizations and under realm, uh, even the naval, uh, the, the, um, the, 
aquatic mounts, the Underrealm. I'm looking over them right now. Naval content, not just. There's so much stuff. There's so much. Yeah. And all of these, like even something as trivial as like group mounts. Like, I mean, wow, I love group mounts. I thought that was an awesome way to travel and run around with your friends. So, you know, stuff like that I thought was really cool. Like the parlor games. I mean, there's like a lot that adds a ton of layers to the game that you don't really have. I mean, you might have flavors of stuff similar in other MMOs, but this was like really bringing what I considered to be all the best. The best of each world. Yeah, man. And I've always been a big proponent that if uh, you know, if it's not broke, you don't fix it. And some sometimes other games did things really great, and there's nothing wrong with taking that and going, let's take all the things that really work and the things that are really awesome that people love and put that together in something that, you know, that could be different. I mean, it's my belief that if the if you don't need to innovate if the recipe isn't perfect yet. Yeah. So, like, if they're taking all these good things from all these MMOs and they're bringing it into Ashes of Creation, like, the node system is awesome, but it's not the node system that sold me on the MMO. It's all these cool things that they were bringing from all the other MMOs mm -hmm. that they were mentioning that really sold the MMO for me. And then when there was, like, the node system, that that blew my mind when I saw that video, that cartoon that we saw, like, uh, going in the map and the... Uh, the dragon coming out of the mountain that was mm -hmm. awesome but like that was innovation but that was 50 percent of the reason why i was excited the rest was because i was like oh my god i did like that's what i did in my old my old mmo experiences that are now old i want that in a new mmo i'm just yep. like riding on so this i want to <laughs> go ahead uh, add to something that night scream said in chat about uh Asking about the Tolnar, if they were blind, uh, how did they evolve? So what we do know about the Tolnar Lorise is that they all did not stay underground after the uh, the uh, fall happened. Yeah. So they evolved, but once it settled on top, they came out. So there were there were pockets of Tolnar that came out and probably settled in on on the top of Vera and probably interbred with other clans that were still there. Yeah. Uh, also, the what he said about magic and science. Mm. Uh, the society on Vera before the fall, they were actually very technologi technologically advanced. And they uh, used technology that involved magic and some that did not involve magic. So um, it's possible that since the Tolnar were mixed with every other race, they passed down that technological uh, knowledge that's how they were able to build Underrealm. But also the Underrealm, part of the lore of the Underrealm is that the god of fate and the god of creation already foresaw the, the fall. And so they created this pocket realm because they had already doomed you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Mackie knows all this stuff. Mackie, I hope you're going to be here next week because next week's going to be a, a lore-heavy discussion, I think. Yes, and I'll be here. Awesome. So, <laughs> <Kinder's game. laughs> to clarify, Chazarus uh, says, I thought after the fall, they got more technology because mm. they no longer had magic. magic. That was in Sanctus. Yeah. In Sanctus, yeah. the old, the people who left, they had that knowledge of technology. So they could only use technology, yeah. practical forms. People still trapped the Tolnar, whoever was still trapped in Vera, 
they still had magic, so they could use technology with magic, vice versa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I just say that the sync, like the 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 exile from Vera to Sanctus, uh, that was thousands of years ago, and uh, there's still no gunpowder. Like we rely <laughs> on technology, but we're dumb. We're really dumb. <laughs> oh man! Damn! Look, man, keep your gunpowder away. It is. I don't want gunpowder in this game. <laughs> yeah, we should have spaceships by now. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like <clears throat> the conversation around Sanctus, which uh, spoiler, the next episode is actually going to be called On Sanctus. So I don't want to be on Sanctus. I want to be in Vera. On it's more like on it's more like on because everybody on sanctus is dumb and they're, dumb. That's so they're like they're like i don't know what those boomers are talking about what oh come on man yeah <laughs> oh. um changing the subject a little bit still on the back of oh. yep back of back of stretch goals um, before before Mackie gets too engrossed in the law. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice um, scream. Yeah. Where we're coming from, but that's not where civilization originated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the mo moving on a little bit. I nice. am very curious about the aquatic mounts and the group mounts because mm. those are things that when they've appeared in other games, just in terms of, regardless of whether they actually manage to do it or not, if they do put in just the, the functionality and how it'll work, because I've, I've had that kind of thing in other games, and it's always been very hit and miss as to whether it's actually good for the game or not. Mm. It's a bit like flying mounts as well. I mean, more often than not, they're just speed boosts. Yeah. And I don't like that at all. I would not be like on, I wouldn't be mad if that's what it is in Ashes, like aquatic mounts or just mounts in general, just being speed boosts uh, because I'm just so used to it. But it'd be disappointing though, right? I'd be yeah. disappointed because of like the, the, it would be a miss, you know, like if Guild Wars managed to make mounts. Like, I'm not even talking about the special abilities that the Guild Wars 2 mounts have, but just, like, when you turn, when you accelerate, when you break, like, it, they, they, their mounts feel alive. And if Ashes of Creation manages to have that kind of feel, it feels kind of like a car, basically. Like, it doesn't go, like, from 0 to 100 immediately. Like, there is an acceleration to it. If they manage to do that, I'm going to be really happy about it because I want to feel like I'm you know, riding a mount. I don't want to feel like I, I'm just running fast. Mm, I get your point. But like, I have certain uh, people in the community dislike the bear uh, that they've created, the, the elemental bears. Oh, really? <laughs> they just think that they're very, very, very stiff. <laughs> they don't look like genuine bears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hmm. It's the first part, so I expect that to yeah. be tightened up. That's, that's yeah. not really a yeah. problem. But it's and, true, they don't look like real bears. They, they, he, like, they're just pissed. <laughs> they just, like, every time I just put, put out that conversation to them, no, <laughs> they're not having it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think like, yeah. my perspective is this, like, pe anybody that is passing any kind of judgment on what anything looks like at this point, Kind of has to like just wait because you don't have a final 
product yet. Yeah. And until I mean, then, no, that's true. You, they can just change it so much. Speaking, we yeah. can't make any judgment. Just look yeah. at the Kickstarter, and you look. There's a picture in the there's a GIF in the Kickstarter. Oh, I think yeah. it's below the when they say change, and it says like in order to for choice to matter, the world must be capable of change. They show us this GIF uh, that's in the forest. And we see the different seasons yeah. pass by in the same forest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When the Kickstarter came out, I was looking at that game and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Right. Now I look at the video of the bear, like the the, the mead bear that has the kegs on its side. And yeah. it was like walking in the forest. The brew and now bear. I yeah, the brew bear. And now I look at that mm -hmm. gif of the forest, and I'm like, that's ugliest sin. <laughs> like compared to that video of the brew bear that yeah. was awesome that forest was alive it was so yeah. cool that looks like some i'm not even gonna that's I'm, like I'm gonna, the I'm gonna a, at it. if you were in alpha zero and you were at that elven starting zone everything mm -hmm. looked over like overly oiled i don't know it just looked weird oh, oh that's funny <laughs> like, like there was oil on every it's so funny dude like everything Build, was, it was shiny, just really shiny and but dull at the same time. Yeah. And then you go to Apoc and you see that Elven city and you're like, "That was crap." What? <laughs> <laughs> like people forgot how bad Alpha Zero was. Like yeah. it was pretty bad. And I mean, that's the point. Games, aesthetically speaking, games change a lot. I don't know if you've seen pictures and videos from Elder Scrolls Online before it yeah. came out. Yeah. It looked like it was basically cartoony. World of Warcraft. Yeah. And I was down with the cartoony aspect of it, kind of like Alice Wator, what they did, kind of cartoony. Mm. Like, I was down with that, but it's completely different than what we have now. So, like, Ash's creation is still going to be changing. Those bear look like crap right now, but they showed us that they're able to change the textures and, like, add the hair on top of it and everything, just to show us that from one model, one ball of clay, they can make, like, five different mobs, five, five different assets. So I'm fine with that, but it's going to change, for sure. I mean, it has to. If it doesn't change, then, like, why did we... Why are we still even following that game? Because the point of an MMORPG or any game when it's in development is that it's changing. Mm -hmm. I think they're mm. the most, not most, but one of the difficult parts for them is still the the human, the human mm. face. Face, eyes. I think it's I think it's always <laughs> the hardest part. It's to nail the characters themselves and like these characters will stare into your soul and crush it <laughs> like oh into God. the deep yeah, I have, I have, I have PTSD no for those blurry eyes. No eyelids in the beginning. So you're just yeah. like just like dead behind the eyes, like <laughs> Sorry, who hurts you? <laughs> yeah, so doing his Jazz, best impression. What Jazz, yeah, Jazz said, Jazz, though, those those characters that they showed. If I don't pay attention to the beard, like the yeah. characters themselves, that looked good. Yeah, mm -hmm. good that was some real progress. They did look alive. Like I gotta give them that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> It was a good it was a good snapshot into like what we could actually have to look forward to. We haven't gotten too much of that, honestly. Yeah. Very proud of my then again, that kind of thing usually comes later in development. Yeah, it does. It does. So I'm I'm not too worried. Mm -mm. If it gets to like another year down the line and we still haven't seen 
that kind of stuff, then I'd be worried. I'm like, because I'd be thinking, like, yeah. okay, we <clears throat> need to see some of this stuff. Because ideally, I'd like to see this released in 2022. If <laughs> well, that that would be Stop kind of breaking timeline. my I'm... dreams, Maki. They said before 2020. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was never going to happen. You know that. Oh yeah, never, gonna never no. ever going to happen. No. You were crazy to believe that. <laughs> we're still waiting on what is it? Summoner and Bard? Summoner Bard and there's like four of them. Everything. Yeah, because yeah. we've yeah. seen the, the the other ones from A zero. Yeah, four. Mm-hmm. Which I'm fine with, to be again, to be honest, because you, I mean, you wait, think we it's saw the, the mage. Mage tank, ranger, the tank, ranger, mage tank, ranger cleric. Yeah. yeah, so we need to see the fighter. Yeah, the fighter. I th- I feel like the fighter is going to be one of the most difficult ones because it's it can be so easily confused in the development. It can you, you can get confused between like be, between like a fighter and a tank mm-hmm. or a fighter they, and a ranger, but that they're supposed with to be extremely different. Yeah, that happened. So with like, yeah. yeah, that's why they're I think like, they're the well, most. Let's r- give them tanking abilities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a very risky class to do because a summoner, you give them summons and basically they're going to be a summoner. Whether your players are disappointed with it, they're still a summoner. But a fighter, like, don't make him a tank. Don't make him a ranger. He's a fighter. He's a DPS that goes in the thick of it. He's supposed yeah. to be able to take a lot of damage, but he's not supposed to out-tank a tank. Like, it, it, it's very <clears throat> difficult. You're gonna have to. Y'all are gonna have to hold your thoughts. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because this is gonna be a two-hour episode. As much as I can keep <laughs> going, we're gonna say to be continued. And to anybody who ends up listening to this or is watching this on YouTube later, you're probably going, "Why, Sim? Why do you have to ruin the fun?" I'm like, you know what? Going back to Sanctus. Um, Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So technology, right? Yeah. <laughs> spaceships earlier. Let me get my charts. Hold on. <laughs> I have a mute button and I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> oh God! Please no. <laughs> Honestly, though, I I think that there's still some points related to this, uh, Kickstarter stretch goals. I'd like to continue. Yeah. Um, I definitely, and I think this is going to be really a good conversation to tie into what where Pacha left off, which was, you know, talking about like you're talking about class design and these archetypes a bit you know we still have four to come we have to then cross with their respective total of eight by eight right 64 oh yeah there's a lot there is a lot there to actually look at and then there's some specifically on here the ones that i'm like really want to dig into is not so much the weapon skins but more of like (laughs) the uh skill effects one because that one I can talk about a good bit. I have talked about it before previously. There's several on there. I'm going to shelf it for next time to pick up on. We actually have talking points related to Sanctus, not specifically Sanctus, more of like discussing kind of a lore perspective. I think Mackie definitely had a good bit to offer that conversation too, which was, you know, I've always had a lot of, a lot of like speculation around we know about the harbingers and all of that but this exodus then there's the time frame we were there for thousands of years right and then coming back right you can even tie this into when you talk about the tolnar and you talk about the different uh gateways like 
the different races, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, different races come through different gateways and the Tolnar have a, their own starting point too. Right. But it's clearly that, not a gateway, uh, but that changed. Did it? I think now okay. anybody can run at any gate. Okay. Okay. Which makes more sense, yeah. but yeah, not because they want you to be able to yeah, enjoy it with your friends. Got it. Cool, cool. So there's Which a breaks my lore more immersion. Lore immersion. <laughs> my immersion. I want I want that uh dwarf to walk his ass from the mountains all the way. Like we to did valley. in Wow. You started in the <laughs> snow and you walked down. Yeah. Good, Good question. Oh yeah, and you went through the yeah. marshlands and it was a pain in the butt, but that's what you get for wanting to play a dwarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Tolnar never left. We're talking about like starting points, Night Scream. And then yeah. Die on your yeah. And then Diva um Tolnar <laughs> Underrealm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You know, I kind of wonder if they'll change that because like Mackie mentioned too, right? Like if they Tolnar never left through the gates. Right. So, they, so they're there, but I don't know if they'll just be in the underrealm though. Like I don't know. Like, are they going to give? Are they going to make them start at uh, one of the gates? I don't they'll know. Probably like, start at a specific spot. Yeah. Well, yeah, or like maybe they'll do they'll do it like any other classes that they did. Like they start at the gates and like maybe just a dialogue piece just to, to explain why they're there. It's like, hey, you answered the call when we when we got there because the gates have been shut for thousands of years. They opened, so we went to see it. And then, like, ooh, there's all these races there. So, like, maybe, right. maybe that's how it's going to work. Because I know in a past live stream, Stephen had already uh, made it clear that uh, there have been other expeditions before the players enter the world. Right. So, when we enter the world, we're going to be greeted by a NPC faction who is going to take us through the tutorial through our yeah. beginner quest. So, I in that that mindset, I would think that the Tolnar saw these expeditions would be coming training through them. and then met up they, with them. They could be, it could even be the Tolnar training, like training the new adventurers. I like would they could be that. taking part of it. You know, Did welcome you to this know? new world. Let me, let me. <laughs> Damn it! I'm My gosh. <laughs> Leading topic, but uh, we're gonna round this one or wind this one down because I gotta get the audio and everything uploaded. And the longer the episode, the longer it takes me to get this stuff done in a timely manner. So, if you're enjoying the conversation, it is a personal problem. I only have so much time, and man's gotta sleep. Shit, Uh, (laughs) I'm already deprived of too much of that anyway. Um, but I, I want to give everybody a chance to kind of shout out their, their stuff and things, their content, and hopefully, uh, at least the majority of you will be able to make it next time. So we can hopefully pick up right where we left off. Um, cause some of the lore conversation points, that's something I want to dig into for a bit. Actually. Um, I have some different points on that. Uh, and it is very much speculation, uh, and kind of a little bit of theory crafting in terms of just, you know, what if possibilities of what, what went down in terms of the 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 historical perspective on sanctus um and what we might be able to expect you know coming back through um also i have a lot of love for the harbinger story so definitely want to kind of like dig into that a little bit too because actually nobody here has had that conversation with me um at least not in the not in the detail that i had tried to go into it in the in the past a bit i did with daedalus um but only thing we had then was Dilia's diary. We've had a lot more since then. We've had D and D campaign stuff. We've had APOC stuff. We've had a lot to tie in. And yeah, Mackie, this is like definitely, I know up his alley, I know Pacha probably too. 
Um, but uh, we're gonna make a three-hour show. Um, man, <laughs> it's gonna be work to make sure to cut that down too. But we'll we have can, like an hour and then a break, and then another hour. Make it the trilogy. <laughs> the trilogy, yep. a three-part for your viewing pleasure tonight. At <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be earlier. Intermission. <laughs> intermission. So, yeah. Faisal, why don't you let everybody know kind of where you you know if you have some domains you want to share socials. Let them know where you reign, where they I can mean, find you. The, the only domain that I'm going to share is my Twitch, which is Faisal108. Uh, I stream go. from time to time, hop in, say hi from every now and then. Yeah. If, you, if you'd like. Um, other than that, I'm I'm very a chill dude that plays video games. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie. I'm Mackie. You can find me everywhere for YouTube. Same name, Makinoji. Yeah. And Pacha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find me on uh, Discord if you're on the Ash the Creation server. Uh, it's just Pasha. You can find me on Twitter. It's at TV Pasha. And you can find me on Mixer.com slash Pasha TV. I swear to God, I'm going to get banned one day on Twitch. <laughs> but I repeat, it's Mixer.com slash Pasha TV. If you want to find me there, drop me a follow. I'm live every Sunday from noon to four. Sweet. One more time. Come on, Mixer. <laughs> <laughs> Mixer.com slash There you go. Three times a charm. Wondering mist. Uh, so I'm on the... Uh, Fisher Ashes forums and their Discord, Wandering Mist, and I am trying to start up a YouTube channel with the same name, uh, which will have general MMO discussions and topics on there. So keep an eye out for that. I'm hoping to do some more stuff with that. <laughs> Sim is getting demonetized because of me. Look, look, I have a mixer too. Let's <laughs> all just move to mixer. Yeah, I've got a s- same name. There. I've got a mixer too. Very little streaming there, but yeah, I do have one. Uh, yeah. So that was actually really tough for me to like hold the brakes on because I wanted to dig into what they were saying like so freaking bad. But we're going to say, go, no, Let we're going to say go. I'm being a responsible grown ass man. I got to. <laughs> Are we hearing an after show? Five more minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really had a four-hour after show, right? <laughs> but we are we are definitely going to pick up where we left off for sure next week. Sounds same good. Crusader time, same Crusader channel here on Twitch, five PM CDT next Sunday. Also, it'll be up on all the stuff and things. Uh, it'll be up on the podcast domains tonight. If you're watching on YouTube, well, you're a little late, um, and. Uh, and uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Follow at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter so you can kind of keep uh, keep up with the show and and, uh, you know, hear all the announcements for it specifically and all the guests that are on it. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for being here, Pathfinders, and hanging out. We will see you next Sunday. And until next week, we'll see you on stream. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll catch you next time, everybody. See you later, guys. Bye. Ice cream cones.